and welcome to episode 12 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based Dice Masters podcast talking about all things Blighty and Dice Masters. I'm Chris, aka True Mr. Six, and with me today I have my man Andy. Uh, aka Snatch Fenderhoff. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sna- Snatch Fenderhoff. A uh, pleasure to meet you, Snatch. <laughs> I detect a a hint of an accent there, Snatch. (laughs) That's right. Don't don't know what country, though. (laughs) Mix mix of many, mix of many. Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you've caught caught me on the back foot with that one. (laughs) You're crazy. Yes, good. (laughs) evening as we record this good evening andy how are you i'm doing very good mate i'm doing very good happy new year and happy new year to you and happy new year to our listeners yeah 2018 and i think actually i'm going to start by saying thank you very much to all our listeners for their support over last year we hope you like what we've got lined up for you in 2018 you know if we get past nuclear war in april (laughs) that's true yeah you never know we might not be here Sure, we'll see. Well, we might be all right over here, but our, our US cousins need to keep an eye on that Korean bloke. <laughs> Let's not go into politics, though. Let's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can still try, though. Yeah, we'll make every attempt. Have you still got your Christmas tree up? Yeah, yeah, still up at the moment. Yeah, ours is still up. going down tomorrow. I'm looking at ours right now, in fact. <laughs> and I've just noticed, it's got up, it went up week, weeks ago, but I've just noticed that my wife appears to have put all my Star Wars baubles at the back of the tree where they can't be seen. How rude. Yeah, what an enormous disappointment. I should have noticed that sooner. <laughs> anyway. So do you, do you go for a plastic tree or do you go for the real thing? No, we've got a, yeah, fake one. Yeah, we, we've me got too. a fake one. Just can't be bothered with all that clearing up and what have you. No, I don't want the kids eating them. Yeah, the pines. No, I don't think they're very good either. If they, I think there's a thing in that, like they're poisonous. <laughs> we actually ingest too many of them. Um, so let us know, listeners, if anybody knows in time for next year, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll make sure you know a November in a, a episode has a, a, a public safety announcement along those lines. But yeah, I'm looking at my tree right now, so I'm still feeling relatively festive. I'm also surrounded by an unholy amount of Lego that has been accrued. <laughs> <laughs> Father Christmas brought a sack full of Lego and emptied it all over my living room. You emptied a sack in your living room? Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to, man? Have you played much Dice Masters over the festive season? I've not played that much, really. I had one of my online games, which was right at the start of the Christmas break against David Pauly. Hi, David. I know he listens. Um, appreciate you listening, buddy. That was a really good game. He had, what did he he have he had a rare nowhere set up with jimmy olsen and superman and a host of, of very horrible things uh, to where uh, to play against it was a brilliant game really enjoyed it i swang far too early in the second game when i was overconfident and thought i'd won it but I, I, I was so confident and I was so excited to swing in with all my dice. Uh, I forgot to give him his global window. So he went and uh, brought in an additional sidekick, meaning that I didn't kill him. And then I floundered like a, a wet fish 
for about four or five turns <laughs> I tried desperately to try and chip away the last two life whilst everything that I just swung in churned through my bag but yeah really good games congratulations David as well I know that you got employee of the year at his work so well done buddy and it was a pleasure to play you mate well done yeah congratulations on the employee of the year award David yeah, he's a big fan he's able to actively quote on Facebook all your AKAs which I think is is very impressive maybe we'll have a contest this year or maybe we'll have one later on in this episode. Ooh, Ooh nice. <laughs> See what I did there? Nice yeah. yeah, very good. Any, yeah. any other time? Other than that, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's uh, Trivial Pursuit. we got Trivial Pursuit Family Edition, so we've been playing a lot of that. I know it's not particularly gamer gaming, but it's been fun. And Loopy Lenses, and I will leave the listeners to Google that if, they, if they're interested. But what a interesting game, Loopy Lenses. Okay, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I'll look that one up. <laughs> is that a rec- is that a uh, Andy is that an Andy England recommendation? No, no. Okay. It's really annoying playing that with a five year old and an eight year old. Very good, very good. So you're fighting fit and mad for a few games. I've fallen behind on my online games actually a little bit. Uh, I've struggled with international time zones and festive busyness to get things sorted out so i need to get my bumming gear and get my round four organized hopefully i'll squeeze that in this week sometime yeah i think i'm behind round three and round four but it's quite nice it's quite relaxed the way that troy's done it so i've got kind of messages i need to to get back to the guys that i've got lined up it's it's it's, yeah we're still going to play them even though it's a bit later but it's quite nice and relaxed yeah absolutely that we can do that yeah and it's it's not um it's not like we're playing for a massive prize pool or anything, is it? No. Just just bragging rights, I suppose. Um, yeah, very good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I too have got up to... I've not fit very much Dice Masters in. Normal service resumed this week down at the FLGS. We had our standing Tuesday night play this week. But prior to that, it's been quite a lengthy period of time. I've not done much Dice Masters. Well, done a few games with yourself just before Christmas, my man. But I've done a lot of tabletop gaming, an awful lot of tabletop gaming over this Christmas period, so I've been trying out loads of new stuff. So I gave Fantasy Realms, finally gave that a go. I, I, I'm sure you're probably getting your commission check from WizKids any day now, my man. <laughs> um, I should do, I'll be bigging that up for months. Yeah, for reals, man, true story, true story. And that's proven popular, that's, a, that's a proven uh, very popular as a two-player for me and the hashtag competitive wife. Uh, to play during our wine and games nights. Uh, I tried to crack her out a new one called Azul. I don't know if you've seen that one knocking around. No. Um, so an old friend of mine, Billy, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, he was the guy who introduced me to Dice Masters, in fact. And again, I think I've probably mentioned that previously. He came round for one of our kind of gaming get-togethers. We've not had one in a long time. And he brought a stack of new stuff. And Azul was in there. And that really that really caught my eye. But I can't find a copy anywhere now. So if any, it called? Azul, A-Z-U-L. It's like an abstract tile building game where you compete to build the best floor. It sounds ridiculous, but you're tiling a floor. <laughs> <It's> more, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but there's more to it than that. And that was cool. So if there's any listeners out there in the UK who wander into their local gaming store anytime soon and see a copy on the shelf at the recommended retail price, you can get some, but there's a bit of price gouging going on on eBay at the minute because it's so hard to get your hands on. Then give me a shout because I'd be interested in picking that up. Uh, Clank, 
the, the new deck builder, Clank, gave that a go. Uh, Beastie Bar, I got the expansion called New Beasts in Town, another one I've mentioned previously. I play that one with my kids, so we've got the expansion to that. I've played some Love Letter, I've played some the F-Bomb, the card game, which is another one I've mentioned in the past. I've played loads, mate. We've been gaming it up a storm, but no actual Dice Masters. Oh, the, uh, the Harry Potter deck builder, I think it's called Hogwarts Battle. Which has been hard to get hold of over here in the UK, but um, again, any listeners interested? Waterstones have got a ton of them at the minute. So I've been doing lots of tabletop gaming. Yeah, that's how we like to fill our festive season. Oh, cool! That's very exciting. <laughs> I'm interested in that Harry Potter one. I'm gonna have to have a look in Waterstones for that. That sounds right up my street. Yeah, so it's a deck builder that one, and you play through packs through the films. So you play, you know, game one through to game seven. It's got seven rounds within it, uh, and each one mirrors film. Is it book seven books? Yep, seven books. Seven books, although the artwork is all based on the films. It's all screen captures from the movies. And it's a pretty traditional uh, deck builder. If you've played anything like the Legendary Games, it's got a, a little kind of a feel of the Legendary Games about it. You know, you kind of beat the villain of that particular book and you play through the storyline. It was all right. Yeah, we enjoyed it. My wife's a big Harry Potter fan, so uh, take a look at that one. Um, so, yeah, loads of tabletop gaming for me. Nice. Yeah, because that's... Yeah, that's just what we do. Yeah, so there we go. There, there's your update, folks. The the festive seasons gaming. But yeah, I mean it about that was all. Any UK listeners out there wandering to your shop and it's on the <laughs> shelf, you drop me an instant message on Facebook. I want to know about it, especially if they'll mail order it to me because uh, uh, that we really enjoyed playing that one. Yeah, definitely. You could just just go to Wix, couldn't you? Get some tiles and some grout. Uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, cheap alternative. Yeah. <laughs> Actually tile a floor. Actually tile a floor. Uh, yeah, we could do that. Although the floor would look relatively incomplete if the floor tiling goes the same way as my game performance went. <laughs> 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 it would look like a dreadful mess with holes in it. <laughs> Very good. Okay, should we have a little chat about what we've got coming up in this episode then, my man? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we are going to... Well, we're going to start with we've the community got... focus. We're going to talk a little bit about the 40k preview spoiler that, that came out just before christmas we did get a chance to talk about it around the time because it, it dropped relatively close to the festive season so this is our first opportunity to record since then so we'd like to have a bit of a chat about that so a bit about games workshop a bit about the 40k expansion and what we think it might mean for the future of the game certainly over here in the uk and then we've got a very special treat for the listeners we've got our next special guest segment Ooh. and it's a good one it it's is a good one it's a very good one i'll leave that one until the actual segment starts but within that segment we also have uh, a tremendous piece of q branch quiz action on andy's part as well so i hope you enjoy playing along with that as well so just two big big chunky segments this time around which we hope you'll all enjoy this is london calling here is the news Welcome back, listeners. And so for this segment now, we'd like to have a little bit of conversation about the Warhammer 40,000 campaign box and team packs that were announced just before Christmas. So to put it into context, we do that first, Andy, put it into context. Let's put it into context, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure most listeners will know that back in October, uh, WizKids announced a deal, a partnership with Games Workshop to do some Warhammer 40,000 IP games, uh, at which point then Justin Ziran confirmed in an interview at Essen 
that that was going to include some Dice Masters products. And then literally, just before Christmas, maybe around the 19th, 20th of December, there were some preview spoiler pictures kind of started floating around on Facebook that kind of gave us a bit more of a sense of what that was going to look and feel like. And it appears to be a campaign box, which looks very similar in setup to the Turtles boxes that we've had in the past, and a couple of team backs. So very, very exciting stuff. And I know that you, Andy, are particularly excited by this news. Oh, I can't wait. It looks so, so good. Really excited about it. That box looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be full of Warhammery Dice Master goodness. Yeah, very excited. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason for this, I think, is that I, I, we can't speak for the rest of the world. But over here in the UK, Games Workshop is enormous. I mean, massive. And you, you play quite a bit of 40K, 40K don't you, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I, I fell in love with the Games Workshop kind of IPs way back when I was maybe kind of 10 and 11, or 10 or 11. Got into it, the minis and painting, and it's, it's it's kind of followed me through my youth and through to adulthood. I've got a few painted armies of, of, of you know, different miniatures. I do it at a level. I won a, uh, an armies on parade, a regional painting kind of competition, which I thought I'd slip into this conversation, uh, <laughs> <laughs> along with my Dice Masters National Championship 2017. There's, um, there's your little known fact, folks. <laughs> there's your little known fact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, massive. I mean, and it is huge. It is the biggest kind of gaming genre, uh, certainly uh, here in the UK. Uh, and to bring it with Dice Masters is so exciting. And, and look at the, the, the box you've got. Ultramarines, Space Marines against the Death Guard, Chaos Space Marines, uh, and it just looks so cool. And that you've got, we've got some sample cards that we've seen, some from the spoilers. They're not giving us any abilities yet, yeah. but you can see like it's some of the the big characters from the lore of 40k and the the massive background that it's got. And you've got books and books and books of background and uh, like literally you've got about 30 years worth of of history and and stories and and all this um exciting stuff that's all getting shoved into dice masters and not only not only have you got the ip but what is also massively exciting to me is that they're going where seems to be that they're going more for the lcg format to me is really exciting so there's no more chasing that super rare gobby and maybe spending more than you should have had and you're not going to let your wife know that you found it online um <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and and you know everyone's going to have it's, it's, it's going to be such a level playing field you know you get your they've said that they're going to release at the same time as the box set the and the space wolf i'll call them kind of lcg packs i'm not sure what they're well team i packs. think they're calling them team yeah, packs, team yeah, packs. To, uh, using the same terminology as you know, Maximum Carnage and the Defenders, etc., etc. Yeah, I'm just going to go on a, a momentary patented Chris tangent for a second. So leading leading up to Christmas, my wife asked my kids. She said, "What do you, what do you want to get, Daddy, for Christmas?" And my children, you know, being surrounded by Dice Masters dice all day every day, said, "We let's get Daddy some Dice Masters." So un, unbeknownst to me, my wife then contacted Andy, and there was a little bit of conspiring taking place in, or, <laughs> in order to. In order so that she could lay her hands on, you know, on something that I actually wanted or needed, being very aware that you know I often pre-order stuff. And so, uh, Andy, you said to her that I was looking for a Ronin between employers as one of my wants list. I think is that right? Was it Ronin? 
I, I said what you really wanted was 10 gravity feeds of UXM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as many Vixen, common Vixen singles <laughs> as she could lay her hands on, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no. It was Ronin, wasn't it, that you said, I think? Or was it, it was, yeah. Maybe? Yeah, Ronin. It, Ro- Ronin was the one I knew that you were after. And I sent out some links. I think uh, Tomb of Annihilation had, was just about to come out. So I said, you know, this as a set would be worth... Um, and then I think you bought a load of it anyway, so I'm not sure if you got any. But anyway, no, we've but, not discussed yeah. this before, so I'm interested to see what's going. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, to get to my point, the when you mentioned about, uh, you know, telling your wife that you found it online, she subsequently went away and started looking at the singles sellers to get her hands on a Ronin for me. And I think for the first time ever in her life, she realised how much a single super rare card in Dice Masters is actually worth. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I think she's now been leaving, you know, like my daughter's scooter at the top of the stairs and stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling her, if I die, don't worry about life insurance, don't worry about anything else, get straight into those card boxes. <laughs> because <laughs> it just she's had that moment's realization so i've just said to her look well i won't tell you how much i spend on dice masters if you don't if we don't talk about how much you spend on these potions and creams that seem to fill up the bathroom all the time and we'll just leave it at that shall we <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they just bought me a few boosters from down there so uh, to take this tangent even further i then went into element games to go pick up a pre-order that i'd made for my brother's christmas present he likes imperial assault and i bought him some models for his imperial assault as a christmas present and i'd ordered some and i was heading in and they were literally in like an hour before me getting there buying dice masters boosters off the shelf and the the, the lad in there who, matt hello matt i don't know if you're listening um uh, i had to kind of blag it you know and lie to me when i came in later because he said oh i've got this order that chris wants do you want to take it more i was like i can't take it he's he can't know that we've been here <laughs> so there you go anyway i hope you enjoy that really random and pointless tangent on my part so we'll come back to the lcg format because i think there's there's more to talk about there but just to focus on what you were saying about you know people in the uk again we can't, i can't speak for the rest of the world and i would love to hear from any listeners in other parts of europe or over in the states or canada about kind of where games workshop fits for them uh, but over here yeah absolutely i think there's not a town center or a city center that you could walk into where you wouldn't find a games workshop uh, you know nestled away in a shopping center or on a high street somewhere it is it is ever present uh, and i don't think you'd find a secondary school full of 11 12 year olds who haven't got some sort of you know some group of nerds who've made a gaming club who are playing games workshop games over their lunch hour or after school it's just it's it's enormously prevalent and it is the gateway into tabletop gaming generally for many 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 people over here Mm. so i think i think that's really important because uh, that it's going to be uh, an enormous opportunity for us as current players to attract a new player base in potentially i mean i remember when i was a kid i used to play do you remember the fighting fantasy chapter books Oh, yeah, yeah, I had a, a load of them where you had to choose the options and get a page eight or page nine. And... Yeah, that's right. And you, you, yeah. you'd get a D6 and you'd make a little character and then you'd do, yeah, you walk through, you know, if you want to fight the dragon, turn to page 40. If you want to run away from the dragon, turn to page 41. Um, if you want to try and steal the dragon's gold, go to 42 or whatever, you know, it gives you options at the end of the chapters. And that was in the 80s. And that was Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston, who are, in fact, also the founders of Games Workshop. 
Um, and that was kind of my way in. Uh, it, I, it never really stuck with me because I'm not much of a painter and I'm not into models. You are clearly much more accomplished with the with the painting side of things uh, with your, what was it, your, your award? <laughs> <laughs> You're very prestigious. My army's on parade. Maybe. Army's on parade. That's it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, again, though, despite that, it was still my route into tabletop gaming, and I still played some some of the games, workshop skirmish games, like Necromunda, the first edition of Necromunda. I played quite extensively. Um, so yeah, I think it would be easy to underestimate how big an intellectual property it is, but it, it's going to be enormously attractive to a lot of people. I think as an IP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly I, I know it is massive over in the US as well. I used to be a moderator on the Freebooters Forum, which was tied into 40K Radio, which is a podcast that, funnily enough, uh, talks about 40K. And it, it's massive over there. There's, I think there's a Depticon, which is a big gaming convention where 40K is very prevalent. I know there's open competitions, 40K competitions in Las Vegas, and it's definitely big that it's going to attract people into dice masters having the ip uk and and the us and worldwide they're going to know the 40k and the the games workshop ip and and characters and and draw them into the game which is all very very exciting yeah absolutely so let's talk about this lcg format piece then so both of us we play fantasy oh what they're called fantasy flight Fantasy flight game, yeah. FFG. For, uh, I was, but I forgot what the FFG stood for for a second. Then, um, we we both play their LCG games and have done for a while. I play Star Wars. I know you played uh, Netrunner for a number of years. So this idea of taking the chase out of the situation it could be an interesting twist on Dice Masters' future. It would certainly be more attractive to established games workshop players who are, mu- are much more used to walking into a store and buying a box and knowing what they're getting within, you know, their 12 models or, you know, their, their, their ultramarine unit. Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, that makes much more sense. But I do wonder if the thrill of the chase is one of the uh, elements that attracts a, a certain proportion of our current player base. See, I've never really, really seen it. I mean, it's not nice opening the packs uh, when you get a graph feed in and seeing what you've got. But... I think one thing it's going to do, a bit of a tangent, is Dice Master seems to be one game where once you've opened the grab feed, potentially it's worth more than when it's sealed up. Yes. So as a, a, a business point of view, by kind of, I suppose, taking away that secondary market of you know someone buying a grab feed for 70 quid and then kind of selling off a common set and uncommon set and a couple of super rares and potentially making more money, you know, that's that's kind of taken out of the equation, so they're not doing themselves out of money by um, by kind of blind bagging what the cards are. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I totally get it. I just I think I suspect there may be a number of people out there who are perhaps interested in that element of things. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But in terms of a, a, a level playing field point of view, then it, it, it can only mean good things. You know, we, we've seen the impact of of making uh, cards like Shriek very readily available out of team packs, or you know, Jimmy Olsen, a great ramp card for uh, a thematic mm. team. You know, and so we'll see how that pans out. Uh, it's interesting to me though. Uh, we've been having a conversation down my local gaming store recently about how the kind of rares and super rares that are hitting the table uh, and are more kind of cornerstone playable seems to have increased in recent sets so it's it's curious you know that we're seeing cards like 
Uh, I'm thinking, you know, Angela from Guardians of the Galaxy, her super rare is, you know, the cornerstone of, a, of an infiltrate team. I don't think you can really get an infiltrate team off the ground without her. Or, you know, Nobby or Yuan-Ti, pure blood in uh, Tomb of Annihilation, you know, very powerful, playable super rares, Jubilee. Uh, another example from yeah. the first class so it, it's an interesting twist well, and one thing that came out of that conversation when we were discussing it was to say well uh, 40k players we may attract some new players in for 40k but then if they come down to a uh, you know an open modern constructed night they may find it a bit of a rough challenging time when they do start facing the nobbies and the yuantes of the world um, so we, we, we're going to have to be very careful really uh, as to what kind of players we are and what kind of example we set when people come along to play um, if, if they're introduced to the game through the 40k stuff yeah no smashing the noobs yeah um, and I think that's that's something that we're talking about and want to take seriously but uh, you know we play theme nights so there's no reason why we can't do war on 40k theme nights especially if there's a collector's box and two team packs to accompany it yeah absolutely and then as it grows and grows you're going to be able to kind of do the different kind of factions of 40k so you can have like the the chaos and the i'm guessing if they're doing the the death guard they're going to do the other chaos space marine uh legions they're obviously in the different chapters of space marines themselves then you're going to have like your, your xenos your orcs uh your tau so not only can you kind of have a 40k themed you can have a theme within the 40k which is going to be like the affiliations um yeah. it's going to be so cool yeah, yeah, and that, I'm so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that stuff pans out, you know, how affiliations works and that. Uh, I'll be curious to see how tribal it is or how whether there's going to be cards in this set that in that open, constructed, uh, modern scenario, whether there's going to be, you know, the, the the next shriek comes along kind of thing. That'll be really interesting. But, yeah, there's no reason why you can't just thematically... Well, let's see what... You've got an Orc team pack, you've got um, a Space Wolf team pack. Well, let's play the orcs and space wolves and see what happens yeah yeah it's that i mean that's a really good point because the factions in in 40k themselves obviously work as armies for different ways for example orcs are very much kind of close combat so yeah. you could imagine their affiliate but their, their abilities would be very much kind of overcrush unblockable it's kind of swarmy because there's goblins, loads of them yeah. whereas uh for example the if we go for what they're releasing like the ultramarines are very much kind of uh, your space marines are there badass space marines but uh, kind of more shooty with the, the bolters and devastator squads and and tanks and you can imagine when they do imperial guard which is even more so which is all kind of shooting yeah. and all, all kind of weak humans uh, so you can imagine that being very kind of more direct damage pinging away with you know, direct damage with tanks and 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 yeah the theme within the theme within the theme could be awesome yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, if they start going down the direction of, is it the Eldar, the Tau? Um, check me out with my 40k knowledge. I know, they're very really well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like, the Eldar really are fast, and so, you know, that may be kind of more like unblockable. And they kind of work together, so you can imagine really good synergies between different cards and different dice uh, to kind of to work together. And, uh, yeah, there, there's massive loads of opportunities in there. Tyranids? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, kind of attacking and they're more swarmy based as well. And then you can mix them all together because Dice Masters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I wonder how tribal it will be, whether it will be very self-contained in terms of the way that it works together or 
Are there going to be cards in there that will say, well, actually, you know what, we'll have a great, a great amount of fun playing these thematically, but outside of the themes, there are cards in here that have more competitive playable value outside mm. of that. Uh, at least I hope so, because you're not going to be able to draft it, are you? That's the no, no, that's true. Yeah, I, I just got it in my head now, like a like a lineup of of Space Marines and then. Uh, Iron Man coming out, <laughs> <laughs> coming out with like ACDC blasting out of some speaker and he's kind of like yeah. shooting things with his hands. A load like, of swarming, um, swarming goblins and grunts with a parademon at the back there pinging away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some great images of, of mixing up IPs. Yeah, it's really cool. Although I've got a mate who really hates any form of mixing of IPs. Oh, really? So he's probably going to shudder. Yeah, I can't stand the thought of kind of mixing like Marvel with with D and D and and yeah, he's probably going to have a little bit of a, of a breakdown about <laughs> that. But um, meh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know a few guys like that. Uh, at a certain point, sometimes the IP has starts to wash over me, and they just become about the game text, don't they? You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I remember first getting to Dice Masters, and I thought, well, I'm not getting any of this Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. That's for <laughs> proper nerds. No way. That will buy some kind of injection fairy lily. What's that all about? And then, yeah, before you know it, there's a collector's box full of the things. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But I think it's a very exciting thing. I was really pleased to see those previews just before Christmas. I think you thought maybe you'd read somewhere that it was going to be arriving around July? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that it's, it's coming July time. Let's run with that. Yeah, sure. We're a reliable source with lots of insider information, obviously. So let's let's just go with that. July, sure. <laughs> Not far off of the April that we predicted when it first came out. So yeah, three months. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very exciting. We think it's going to mean a lot of things for us in the UK in terms of attracting new players. We're going to have to be very careful about how we then you know, go about doing that so that we don't, like you say, smash the noobs, put them off. Or how do we then take it from a self-contained LCG model kind of thing and integrate the existing collectible model um, so that people don't turn up with ultramarine teams that are getting uh, annihilated by nobbies or what have you. And also, you know, there's a lot of fans of the 40k IP, so um, we're very excited. Two thumbs up from the Ministry of Ice to WizKids and Games Workshop for putting that together. Yeah. Just watch the game sex, it'll all be bobbins now. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be a big pile of rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> But hopefully not, fingers crossed. So yes, we're very excited. There'll be a post going up soon about Games Workshop and Warhammer 40k. There'll be a written post. I'll make sure that the there's links in there to the preview article on ICV2 and on, I think it was, oh, I can't remember where the other one was from, but I'll dig them out and I'll also put a little bit more background information around these space marines and eldars and things that we've just very casually mentioned through that so you've got a bit of background if you're completely unfamiliar with it but in the meantime absolutely one to watch we believe welcome back folks to the next segment of this episode of the ministry of dice and do we have yet another special treat for you we do indeed we most certainly do it's special guest time on the ministry of dice and i'd like you all to give a very warm welcome to michaela michaela hello so I, I'm just a special treat to you. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a very special sweet treat. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to be here. 
Oh, thank you very much. We, we are incredibly excited to have you on. So I know that you and Andy like to do a little bit of, you're his other podcasting friend that he gets all his team building advice from. I'm just going to... The, the other friend. Yeah, I'm just going to... Americans are always the other friend. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, all it says to me, Michaela, is that my advice about his teams are clearly not worth the words that are spoken. He needs to come and pursue them from his from his other friend. But I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt by that. And it doesn't affect how excited I am to have you on the episode today, of course. Oh, well, thank you. You're not going to stand up for yourself there, Andrew? No. <laughs> He's like, no, no, that was 100% true. There's... Yeah. There's nothing you can say. It's not slander or libel, so... <laughs> no. True story. True story. So, uh, Michaela, all joking aside, thank you so very much for coming on. We love having special guests, and we love having people come and join us to talk about Dice Masters and many, many other things. So let's get straight to the subject now. Let's get to the most important matter at hand. Let's talk tea. Ah, yes. I know you're a big fan of tea. Now, we over here, I know we're, we're known for our tea, but actually... I drink, I'm just a Yorkshire tea man. I'm a good classic northerner, milk, sugar, Yorkshire tea. But I believe you have a much deeper understanding of the art of tea than I do. Right. So my partner is opening a tea shop right now. And so, you know, I've kind of been pulled into this this deep, deep world of tea. Um, you know, and you start getting into how it's different if it's made in China or Japan or mm. Korea versus India. So like most British tea is Indian tea. Yes. And you guys drink right. a lot of the Indian black tea, the Assam. That's true. Um, and that, that has that really just typical style defining taste of the English breakfast tea. That's right. Um, I did actually know that. Which is, enough. you know, that's always wonderful to have on, especially like a cold dreary morning. Like we're starting to get in the U S and you guys have year round. Because yep. the weather's awful there. That's right. We've had and... <laughs> I've had snow today. It's a winter wonderland outside my window right now. Oh, beautiful. Mm. So right now I'm drinking a white tea. Um, and this is on the second steeping, and it's always interesting to see how the flavor changes a little bit the second and third time that you uh, you steep the same leaves. And... <laughs> so I've just used a tea bag of Yorkshire tea that was in the cupboard. Now yeah. I I did preheat the mug with hot water. So I, I did learn wow. that from a couple of other British friends I have. <laughs> it's very important to do. When you, when you drink English breakfast, do you put the milk in first or after? I don't I don't drink it with milk so that I can avoid the controversy because I'm really afraid of messing it up. Wow, that's sensible. <laughs> I'm a milk after kind of guy. I don't know, Andy, are you milk before or milk after? Milk after all the way. Milk after, yeah. So George Orwell said that the perfect cup of tea should be brewed in a pot um, and you should put the milk in the cup first. But then how do you know you got the right consistency, George? Anyway. Um, yeah, I say that, but to be honest, I don't usually make my own tea. Uh, you've got your guy, haven't you? Yeah, McCarson does it for me. Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Butler. Well, look, up, up here in North, where we all live in terraced houses and what have you, I have to make tea for the whole street when I put the kettle on, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a mighty large kettle. Uh, it's it's several boilings, Michaela. Several boilings ah, to, to get okay. through it all. Well, yeah. you know they they actually make they these really big uh, hot water dispensers, and that's what Liz was using at the tea shop for a while. It holds like a couple of gallons of water and gets it all heated up to boiling. Yeah, we we generally reserve them over here for tea ladies, you know, who have trolleys and work their way around offices, making sure that everyone's suitably teed up. Oh, there you go. Mm. So, Michaela, what are the chances that Liz might uh, name her English breakfast tea on the menu after me? Um, 
good question. <laughs> call it call it the true Mr. Six, and then you, you'll have a nice conversation yeah. on topic when people come in and order it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll talk to her about it. Yeah. Let her know. Let her know. I'm sure she'll she'll be on board. We like that, me and Liz. Very good. Let's talk Dice Masters then. So <laughs> let's, let's talk Dice Masters. <laughs> Michaela, what are you playing at the moment? What's your what's the kind of team of choice? Uh, so right now I'm trying to see if Masquerine can be updated for the current meta and what it looks like. Is it even a Lantern Ring team anymore? Because it'd be really nice to have it, you know, like we're, we're guessing that rotation next year is going to drop War of Light. And so it'd be kind of nice to have something else set up and ready to go. Sure. Um, but I'm on the fence about it right now. So we'll see, we'll see how it does. Yeah, ring team. So we've, uh, I mean, we've obviously played a lot of constructed over here through our WKO season. There were a few ring teams about, but the likes of Bishop <laughs> and Wonder Woman, exactly. and Long Live the Resistance yeah. Global, seem to have um, taken over and sort of knocked it, uh, knocked it off its pedestal a little bit. So. Uh, right. Yep. So, like right now, the reason it's all masks is still left over from uh, Rare Raven. But if she gets rotated out, you know, there's not as much driver to be all mask, especially if you're dropping her in Lantern Ring. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, she's uh, Raven's a pain in the backside, isn't she? She's um, I hate playing against her. Yeah, but now with Shriek, your other favorite card, um, hey! you know, she doesn't stop Shriek, so it it gets strange. Very quickly. It does get. Uh, however, that would mean I'd have to put a Shriek on a team that I play, and I'm still clinging on to my principles there. I, I, I understand. I'd, um, ra- I'd rather the, lose all day long <laughs> than put a Shriek on The other on a thing team. that I'm working on is uh, in, in the new Tomb of Annihilation set, there's dinosaurs, which is <laughs> awesome. And there's dinosaur zombies. There's a Tyrannosaurus zombie. And I'm trying to figure something out. I don't think I have it yet, but I, w- I really want something that works. Get dinosaurs off so. the ground. Well, I'd be very impressed if you do get dinosaurs off the ground. I think that would be a, w- a sight to behold. That's uh, oh, zomb- that'd be so much fun. The zombie dinosaurs is quite controversial, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so there were, there were a couple of problems with it. The I think it's the common and the uncommon. It talks about zombie dice or buying zombie dice. Mm. And um, I think they just dropped a ruling that says, no, we're, when we say zombie, it's capitalized. We're talking about a specific card right. and dice associated with that specific card. Um, but then the rare has an issue where your sidekicks become 2-2 two, two zombies. And so the question for me, anyway, is are they still sidekicks? And at what moment do they become zombies? Um, because, you know, that'll affect things like Jubilee when you field sure. sidekicks yeah. or anything that can affect sidekicks in the field. Um you know, it just gets very complicated and murky very quickly. Yeah, sidekick zombie team. I mean, if they rule that it's both states at the same time, there could be some merry fun to be had with that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, merry fun to have that. Oh, brilliant. Okay. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Sure. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Have you put it into the uh, WKRF? I have. They haven't answered yet. So, you know, that's proof to everybody that it isn't me that runs the, the world. <laughs> So get, get on Paul and tell him to answer my questions and quit watching TV or what you know spending yeah. time with his kid. Why would Come you on, do Kushner. that? Yeah, what, what are you messing at? Let's get this updated. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So thank you, Maskring and Dinosaurs. Look forward to see what you do with that in the future. Let's talk a little bit about your scene down there. So it's St. Louis, St. Louis. How do you pronounce that? Um, uh, St. Louis, because we're Americans and we don't know how to speak French. <laughs> no, we, to... we have a bunch of like street names that look French. But you don't say them French at all. Like there's a uh, Gravois, 
but it it looks like it's gravois. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and just all sorts of silly things. There's a there's a Vici, Missouri, or Vici, Vici. That's how they all say it. Um, <laughs> just terrible, awful butcherings of other languages here in the states. Uh, including the native tongue. <laughs> including the native tongue. Yeah, we don't speak the Queen's English over here. Um. No, um, yeah, so in St. Louis, our scene kind of, like, it was just three or, like, a handful of people for a real long time. And then a year ago, last summer, so summer in 2016, we had a bunch of people and their friends join, and they've really stayed with it and been interested and helped us out a lot, and our scene's really grown because of them. So that's been really exciting. And then several of them expressed interest in competitive play, so we started getting them up to speed, and um, then they started going around and traveling and winning tournaments, so it's been great. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great news. It's, it's lovely to have a, a growing scene around you. Yeah, it's great. And especially because we play at a, a microbrewery, so, you know, we drink beer in real days. Yes, I've seen the photos um, that I think some, somebody in your playgroup shared. Um, uh, in fact, there was a competition on the reserve pool, and I saw some yeah. pictures in, in the competition. All right, well, uh, on that note, I'm going to hand over to Andy. Andy, uh, over to you, my man. <laughs> All right, okay, it is quiz time. Yes. And it's something quite exciting that we are going to do for the first time today, which is something that we are hoping to kind of roll out for yourself, Michaela, and then other guests as and when they come on in the future. So it is themed around Mastermind, which is quick fire questions. And the winner obviously gets is the one with the most questions. Uh, we're going to link that in with an idea from Top Gear, which is the star and reasonably priced car, so that we can have a leaderboard. So over the course of, I think, up until Worlds, we get people on, we'll ask them quick fire questions over the course of two minutes and build up a leaderboard of who answers as many correctly and go from there. All right. Cool. Right. So we already discussed what your specialist subject would be and it's globals. So you're right to, to time this, Chris? Yes, certainly. Could you also top up the correct answers as well? Oh, what? Well, I don't know about that. Hang on. Let me get... You didn't prepare me for this. No, well... Counting is, it's difficult. Um, it, yes, indeed it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm ready, I'm ready. Cool, so I'll answer the, ask the question, you can answer it. If it is correct, I'll say correct. If it's wrong, I'll let you know the right answer. You can pass if you haven't got a clue, and we'll go on to the next one. Right, are you ready? Then if Chris gives us the go, we'll see how you get on. You said I could interrupt you, right? Because it's a lightning round kind of thing? Yep, that is allowed. Okay. A lot of the questions are with parts missing from the card. For example, I'll say pay what, and then the rest of the card, and you can say kind of what energy it is or what, what's been missed out. Ooh. Okay, we'll see how this goes. Easier um, than it is, sounds. Okay. Is Chris going to have some fantastic theme music here? Yeah, I'll probably slot in the Mastermind theme tune somewhere around now. All right, I'm ready. Okay, here we go then. On your marks, get set, go. Anger issues, global. Pay what? Target character gets plus one attack until the end of the turn. Fist. Correct. Resurrection, global. Pay what? Once per turn, on your turn. Yep. Create food and water. Pay what? Once per (laughs) turn. Yep. Ancient one. The original Sorcerer Supreme. 
While Ancient One is active, your opponent can't target your what? Character dice with global abilities or character abilities. Mystic. Correct. Batgirl, protecting innocence. While Batgirl is active, your opponent may not target your what? Character dice with global abilities. Mask. Correct. Casey Jones, penalty box. Global, pay what? Target character die, must block this turn if able. Correct. Groot, force of nature. Global, pay two shields to do what? Only once per turn. Uh, gain one life. Correct. Giganta, tall glass of water. Global, pay one energy to do what? Uh, spin a character down one level that you control. Correct. Firefly, watch the world burn. Global, pay bolt once per turn. Choose target what? Character die. When that die attacks, deal one damage to your opponent. Opposing? As villains. Ah. Uh, Batman, cowardly and superstitious lot. Global, use one energy the first time you play a basic action this turn to do what? Put it in your bag. No, it's draw one die and add it to your prep oh, area. Oh, shoot, you're right. Hamato Yoshi, Shidoshi, global, pay two energy, deal one damage to what? Ten seconds. Uh, target attacking character? Oh, it's target blocking character. Dang it. Uh, okay. Four, super, three, Superman, hero of Metropolis, two, global, pay one. shield, prevent three beep, damage beep, to target. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I started, so I'll finish. Superman, hero of Metropolis, global, pay shield, prevent three damage to target character die, unless what? Um... Your opponent pays oh one life. Correct. Cool. Wow, wow that was good. That I was like running out of questions thinking sheepers. <laughs> <laughs> thinking What's what? The, um, sheepers. sheepers. Were you about to say <laughs> something else there, Mr. England? Avid professionals would never swear. No, absolutely. So yeah, I was about to say it. Yeah. <laughs> right let's have a look so you answered one two three four five six seven eight nine questions correctly there all right and three were incorrect i think i did a great in fact i think i did a, i really enhanced the experience there with my with my time you did it was yeah. it was wonderful yeah i i really enjoyed it well thank you very much you're welcome i'm, I'm here to help yeah absolutely well done so nine on the board Tremendous. Right. So that's our first yeah. entrant into. We need to give it a name. We need to come on, Michaela. You're good at naming stuff. Ooh. Uh, very, good, very good at naming stuff. Even podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't want to like come on the show and toot my own horn here. <laughs> uh, but but now that I've answered, you know, nine nine questions here and and really set the bar. Why don't we just call it that? The bar. The bar. The bar. The bar. There we go. Right. There we are. So Michaela Cuba, the first entrant on the Ministry of Dice's The Bar. The bar. I like it. I can work That's with that. Very cool. I can work with cool. that. Now, now, what I was going to say is when I was setting up this quiz, the listeners right now, when I was talking to Chris, he was a little bit upset that he wasn't involved. <laughs> always, always been involved in previous quizzes. I had a little bit of chat with Michaela and it's your turn, mate. Oh, you didn't. We did. Oh, you didn't. Well, what would my special... Was... You haven't asked me what my special subject would be. Well, I chose it for you. Did you? And it is? Yep. <laughs> it's the life and times of Dali from 1873 <laughs> to 1877. You've got this, right? I mean, yeah, everybody knows about Dali. I studied him for like three years in high school. 
Uh, I know his I know his moustache, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> it. It's not really. Well, first of all, with our uh, special guest Michaela, she is going to answer the questions. Oh. And your specialist subject is the Ministry of Dice podcast. No way. You yes, way. naughty pair of conspirators, you. <laughs> right, I'm up for it. I'm going to stand up now. I'm ready. Come on, then. Go. I, All right. All right. I'm you got your power stance ready? Yeah, I'm ready. That's I'm it. I'm down. power posing. <laughs> the Wonder Woman. The Usain Bolt. There we go. I'm ready. Let me get my timer up. So same rules, then. Two minutes. As many two as minutes. I can answer in the two minutes. Yeah. And then you can go on the leaderboard as well. Based on the Ministry of Dice. Based on the Ministry of Dice. So you're basically going to catch me out on stuff I've said myself, aren't you? That's, that's what's going to be happening here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I'm ready. Come on. Okay, Come on. Chris, ready. Michaela, you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. All right. What was the title of episode two? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Um, that wasn't... No, Rips Thunderstone was four. Not a clue. Pass. Uh, episode seven is named What is the Population of Utah? What is the Population of Utah? Uh, six million. No, just under 3.5 million. Okay. What is the subtitle of the example Donald Trump historical Dice Masters card? Uh, you're fired? Yep. Yeah. In episode six, you did your first top ten. What was number one? Of the first top ten. What was the theme? I don't know. Pass. <laughs> uh, what is the keyword ability on the old Elvis example historical Dice Masters card? Uh, keyword ability. Uh, hamburgers. Eat hamburgers. Something to do with hamburgers. <laughs> uh, I'll give it to you. Cheeseburger vomit breath weapon. <laughs> In the One segment gearing up part two, what do you encourage people to sign? Uh, say that again, the first bit. In the segment Gearing Up, part two, yeah. what do you encourage people to sign? I encourage people to sign something. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I would love to sign this. Uh, I, I don't know, some sort of petition to stop Brexit. <laughs> no, uh, your box. <laughs> I'm all about signing your box. In episode one, what card do you describe as the most meta power card in the game? Vixen! Mari McKay! Yes. Complete this phrase from episode one. Int milk. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> in episode eight, Salty over Shriek. What is the pick of the week card? Uh, in episode eight, was it a retro pick or not? Ten uh, seconds left. Geez. Oh, um, the villain dude from Thor, Malekith. Four, three, no, two, it was Thanos. Uh, one, in the week, Thanos. Done. Oh. Oh, okay. So I'll finish yeah. this. Yeah. In the pick of the week, Thanos throwing down the gauntlet is described as he's big, he's bad, and he's what? <laughs> Purple. Yes. <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> How many was that then? Next one, just just for fun. Okay. Ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Did Andy go to Worlds? Uh, I, I, did he? Did he? Andy, have you been? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, sure, uh, maybe. <laughs> did, you, did you go to Worlds? Did. No, you, you hadn't. You hadn't mentioned it. Have I not? No. Oh, I need to tell you about it sometime. <laughs> 
Oh no, how dreadful did I do on that then? What's the, what's the final score? Including that one, which I'll let you have. You had six. Six? Okay, that's not too bad. How many questions in total was I asked, though? <laughs> uh, ten? Ten. Or nine. Nine? Nine or ten. Oh, okay, it's not too bad then. The one skips, I didn't say the answer on just so we could go faster, but oh, the sure. title of episode two was AKA Righteous Thunder. Righteous Thunder! How In can I forget six, that? Your first top ten was Large, Dark, and Wet for number one. <laughs> uh, Okie dokie then. Uh, yeah, and then obviously the pick of the week was Thanos throwing down the gauntlet because it was referenced in the next one. So. Yeah, sure, sure. So I often say to Andy, actually, I have to get Andy to listen to the episodes because when I go through and start putting it together, I don't actually listen to what we're saying. I kind of tune my ear for his squeaky chair that we've just heard then <laughs> right yeah you're looking for things you need to get rid of in the audio not like making sure that you said something that made sense no <laughs> yeah. i get that we do the same thing yeah so i very rarely say things that make sense um i just fire it out there oh dear there we go okay so am i going on the board too then andy do i get to put myself on the board you do indeed with Aww. six with six okay tremendous so our first two contestants today on the ministry of dice's the bar very good very good we'll have cool. to get a jingle right. together mate yeah excellent well yeah. thank you so very much michaela for participating today absolutely i'm so excited to be here yeah well you will uh, forever be an important integral part of the ministry of dice experience because you named the podcast so uh, your name will there'll be a plaque somewhere at brit roller six towers Ooh, that will get carved up plaques for yeah i'm all for that you'll have to take a picture and send it to me <laughs> Yeah, okay. Andy, you do that one. You're, you're the art, arty yeah. one. Get it opened by a local mayor. Yeah. A ribbon. Yeah. Well, can you not come down? Or a minor royal. Uh, yeah, can you not come down, Andy? You're a minor royal, aren't you? But yeah, yeah. That would um, save a bit of money. Yeah, we'll get a bottle of champagne across it and, you know, all that. So that'll be a fun event. <laughs> uh, we talk so much bobbins sometimes. Excellent. Right. Well, we'll round the segment up there. Our thanks once again to Michaela for coming along and having a little chat with us and playing a few games and for turning the tables on me, you sneaky pair of schnooks, you. <laughs> yeah. So that's a wrap from me. That's a bye-bye for me. And that's a bye-bye for me. Thanks for listening, folks. That brings us to the end of our 12th episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. We, we publish on a Monday, so two weeks on Monday. In the meantime, I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six, and with me today I've had Andy. A.k.a. 2 multiplied by 10 plus 1, Romeo Dunn. <laughs> oh, you're so <laughs> random sometimes. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. I just use like a hard kitchen chair for my recording setup if that helps any.
Oh, my chair's comfy. Just, yeah. it's just noisy. It's just got. It's one. It's one of these old kind of. It's it's been in this family for years. You know, <laughs> in the mansion, it's been handed down from generations. He's just very attached to it. Yeah, his grandfather survived the bombing in World War Two with it. And... Yeah, that's right. I think he, I think it was actually upholstered in the 16th century by a relative of um, of a, a famous French king. Of yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, five seconds of silence, starting now. <laughs> <laughs> 